Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for being God. Thank you that no one in this room is God. Thank you that no one we know is God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we, uh, we pray you challenge us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a high five. If you're wondering who this is, I'll tell you here in a minute. <laughs> Let's see your Bibles on the count of three. Lift your Bibles up and say word. We have some friends from Kentucky. Y'all from Kentucky? Okay. Usually when I say a count of three, we're having trouble with three. One, two, three. Ready? One, two, three. Very good. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter four. We do this every week. I don't know what's going on. Um, I want to um, pronounce a yes on your life before we start. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says all the promises of God towards us are yes. Everyone say yes. yes. Say yes. yes. God loves me. Say yes. God has a plan for my life. Say yes. I'm a child of God. Say yes. I have nothing to worry about. <laughs> Amen. You have nothing to worry about. So don't worry. Amen. Um, the number one objective of us meeting together is to enter into the presence of God. It is not to hear a sermon. It's not to worship. It's not to fellowship. It's not to learn the Bible. It's to enter into the presence of God. All those are tools to get us into the presence of God. We talked about this last week. And we also learned last week that the presence of God is the face of God. The same word for presence is face. Everyone say face. We need to be in God's face. Um, when I was practicing for my sermon in Spanish, which I did uh, uh, five weeks ago or so, I was practicing with some pastors here on staff and I had to do FaceTime because I wanted to see their face as they were talking to me. I needed more information than what I was hearing in my ear. I had to see it, had to feel it. The presence of God is the face of God. Look in your notes. It says, the presence of God is God's favor expressed through God's face. Everyone say face. face. It's through his face. I want to read some verses to you because it's very important that we distinguish between being in a room where God's glory is and, and, and God's peace is and the spirit of God is flowing. There's a difference between that, at least in our mind, and being in his face. I talked about last week how you could walk around and just put your hand into your face as symbolic as I am in God's face. I mentioned last week when I met my wife and we were dating, if she was in the room over there, even though I was in her presence, that wasn't good enough. I wanted to be in her face. Amen. I wanted to be in her face. Amen. Let me read a verse to you. Say amen if you can relate to that. Are you feeling what I'm saying? Uh, Psalm 31, 16 says, make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Matthew 18, 10, 11 says, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, these children. For I say that in heaven their angels always see the face of God. So I want you to imagine being in God's presence is being in God's face. Being in his face. Consequently, when God turns his back on you, in other words, when you start doing stuff God doesn't like and you're saying, God, help me or God, bless what I'm doing, bless my sin. Here's what God does. Just put your feet up for a second. Just, you know, sit, 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 sit. Just put your feet up. On, there we go. 
Watch this. Deuteronomy 32, 19 says, when the Lord saw it, he spurned them. And because of the provocation of his sons and daughters, he said, I will hide my face from you. You could be out there sinning saying, God, help me. God said, now, when I say God, help me, when you come to God humbly in repentance, he's going to turn, he's going to shine his face in you. When you're saying, God, bless my sin, God's never going to bless his competition. God calls you to be sexually faithful to your wife. He's not going to bless your adultery. God calls you to tell the truth. He's not going to bless your lies. God calls you to be honest. He's not going to bless your dishonesty. He's going to say, no, 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 I don't know who you are. Okay, there's going to be people who die and they're going to go to heaven or not going to heaven. They're going to face God and say, hey, God, I went to the rock. He said, I never knew you. Hey, God, I, I read the Bible. I never knew you because all along you were deceived. He, he wants us to seek his face. Everyone say face. face. Okay. Four things. His face represents the organs of expression. When I look at God's face, I'm seeing his eyes, I'm seeing his mouth, I'm seeing his ears, I'm seeing his facial expression. His, your face, a man's face or a person's face, and by the way, in the Bible, the same word for face is the same word for presence. So when you stand in the presence of God, you're in the face of God, his, his face or a person's face is their personality. It's the organs of their communication to you. God, communicate to me. Tell me what you're thinking. Speak to me. Listen to me. Often we're going after God's hands. God, give me something. Give me, give me a wife. Give me a man. Give me, give me, give me a, a, a woe man, a, a woman that I can go woe at. Give me a <laughs> You know, that, that, that's what that means in the Bible. When, when Adam saw Eve, he said, whoa, man. Because he, he was like, whoa, okay. Give me, give, me, give, me, give me money. Give me a house. God said, no, no. I want you to come after my Face. I was holding my grandson's head. My grandson, um, uh, I have this thing with him, many things, we, little tr traditional things we do. One of them, I kiss his head because he's, he's four years old and he just got a buzz. And I, and I said, kiss that head. And I grab his head and I just start kissing on his head. And then I get his face and I put it right here. Say, this is Grampy. <laughs> me and you are, me and you are, we're boys. We're friends. I'm, I'm your guy. Yeah, Grampy's my guy. Be in God's face. So when you look at God's face, you, he is communicating to you through his expression. Number one in your notes. Look at number one. The presence of God is his favor expressed through the living words spoken by the mouth of God. Spoken by the mouth of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of God's heart, of the heart. All day long, you and I are hearing garbage about our life. <laughs> We're hearing what we can't do, what will never be, that we're too ugly, we're too tall, we're too short, we're too light, we're too dark, your hair is too straight, it's too kinky, your hair is too, your teeth are too white, they're too yellow, they're too straight, they're too crooked. All this negativity, can I get an amen? When you come here, there's nothing negative coming out of that mouth. It's only living, living words of peace and love and joy and optimism. The Bible says that God's words are living and active and life-giving. When God created the heavens and earth, you know what God said? Let there be light and there was light. Take the water, all the water near two-thirds of the earth is water. He said all the water go over there, all the land pop up over there, put some water over here and it happened. May, may there be bugs on the earth. I don't know why he did that, but there was bugs. May there be creeping animals, flying animals, swimming animals, animals that can swim and fly, 
Animals that can fly and swim, animals that can run and swim, animals that can only run, and it was so, it was so, it was so. God's words speak life to you, hope to you, organization to you. Why are you over here looking for somebody to speak something to you when all you need is right here in the mouth of God, in his face? God, speak to me and tell me what you have for my life. Day and night. I want you to look at your notes. I'm looking at the screen. We're going to declare some stuff. Say, I declare. I declare that you are speaking life over me. Say, I declare. You are speaking affirmation over me. How many of y'all need some affirmation today? Raise your hand if you need some affirmation today. Guess where you need to go? You don't need to go over there. You don't need to go over there. Now, God can speak to you through people most definitely, but you better be sure you are looking in God's face. And you were hearing God's voice through somebody. Because the devil can masquerade as the angel of light. And you think you're talking to, to an angel of light. You think you're talking to a messenger of God and you're talking to Satan. And what I mean by Satan, one of his emissaries, one of those, those people who are, you ever hear someone say, I'm the devil's advocate? Why would you be the devil's advocate? Well, you know what the devil's advocate is? This is the devil's advocate. Hey, Satan, what do you want me to tell this person? Okay, I got your message. Hey, guess what the devil said? Without saying, guess what the devil said? Don't be that person. You want to be affirmed by God. Because as we're going to see in a minute, God has incredible thoughts about your life. Number two, say, say, I declare. You are speaking affirmation over me. Everyone take a deep breath in. Say, I declare that you are speaking clarity over me. How many of you need clarity in your life about something? Oh, my goodness. You know what that means? That the devil, the devil is the author of confusion. This is never confusing. He's never going to confuse you. He's only going to give you clarity. He's going to speak life over you and affirmation over you. Imagine going to someone every day that they can tell you actually something clear about your life. They can unravel confusion in your life. The devil wants you to walk around in confusion, wasting time, energy, money, relationships, opportunities. God says, do that. Do that. Clarity. Say, I declare. That you are speaking organization over me. I need, you, I need to teach you how to say organization like you're from, like you're from uh, 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 Nigeria. Say organization. <laughs> say organization. <laughs> say I declare <laughs> that you are speaking organization <laughs> over me. <laughs> over me. It's got to come from here. Say me. <laughs> say I declare <laughs> that you are speaking hope over me. Every single day, God, speak life on me. Speak organization over me. Speak clarity over me. And every single day, you got people in your life, the reason you need to go to our group is why? Because you got people in your life that could speak life over you, that could look at you. And, and when you're repeating the drama in your head, they, they can say, no, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the truth of God is. Number two, number two. The presence of God is his favor expressed through the powerful vision and perspective of the eyes of God. <laughs> right here, God's looking at something. Those eyes see something my eyes don't see. God's eyes has vision for your life that you don't have, that nobody has. God sees in you stuff you have never seen. How many of you by a show of hands have ever seen your heart? I'm not talking about on the sonogram screen. I've seen that. Boom, 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 boom. That could be anywhere. How many of you actually seen your heart? None of you. How many of you actually seen your stomach? 
actually seen your intestines. How many of you have actually seen anything about your body that's under your skin? God said when you were in the womb, he knit you together. And you are marvelous. And he knit, you to, he, he knit you together with a purpose and he gave you gifts and talents that are unseeable. They're not physical. He gave you interests that are not physical. You can't see them. Even if, you, even if someone cuts you open, you couldn't see them. God sees it. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. The love chapter says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly. Now we understand partially what God's doing in my life. Now we understand partially what God is saying to us. Now we understand partially what the Bible means and how we're supposed to live out our life. We see dimly. I don't understand the whole thing, but the more I read the Bible, the more I walk with God, it gets clearer and clearer. But I don't get it completely. But then... In the end, I will see face to face. Now I know in part, I understand myself in part, but then I shall know him as I am known. There is going to come a time when you will see face to face what he sees now. Because you do not see everything about your life. But he sees everything about your life. He sees your future. He sees how your past can be turned into gold today. He sees who you should be doing business with and not doing business with. He sees the potential of your gifts. He sees what your prayers can be if you pray faithfully. If you stop messing around, he sees what your service can be and how your spiritual gifts can, can flourish. <laughs> it's funny, I, when I was 24, 23 years old, before I got saved, the San Diego Chargers sent me to an elementary school to speak. I was not a speaker. I did not speak. I, they would say, hey, can you go speak someplace? I was like, I took it reluctantly, but I was scared to death. And I remember standing there, and all these little kids came out. Hundreds of little kids. And they had these big signs, welcome to San Diego Chargers. It took them like an hour to get all these kids organized. And I'm like, this ain't going to take long. Because <laughs> they were there, you know, have this football play. And I probably talked for, I don't know, you know, two, three minutes. I was sweating. I was so scared to death because that wasn't my deal. That wasn't my gift. I didn't see it. I wasn't saved. I didn't know God's plan for my life. And I was like, I am not a speaker. And God said, no, you don't see what I see. And it's not what I see. What you can do is what I put in you. <laughs> you it's not even something you're going to figure. It's not even something you're going to make. I already, it's already there. Three weeks ago, a guy comes to my house. And this was, that was uh, in, in 1983 that happened. Three weeks ago, a guy comes to my house to move some stuff. And he goes, you Miles McPherson? I said, yeah. He says, you came to my elementary school in La Jolla when I was a little kid. I was like, no, no. <laughs> now, I'm like, how do you remember that? He said, it was it just like encouragement. And I was like, ah, you have no idea what God is doing in your life and what God sees in your life. You, what you think is a mess. I thought that was a mess. I felt so bad. I'm like, I apologize. I'm like, look, I know y'all took nine hours to get out here. I know y'all took 40 weeks to make that sign, but I got to go because I'm scared, okay? <laughs> God said, I see something in you that you don't see because I put it there. God sees something in every single one of y'all that you need to ask him what it is. Let's declare it. Say, I declare you see a blessed future for me. Say, I declare that you see me as forgiven. I say, I declare that you see me as accepted. God ain't mad at you. 
for all you English people, English, English majors, God isn't mad at you. <laughs> God has no attitude towards you. He wants to forgive you. God is not asking you to prove something to him. God is not asking you to earn something from him. He just wants you to hug him. He just wants you to get in his face. He wants you to stop wandering over there looking for what he got right there for you. That's it. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. We went out to dinner the other day with my son and, and his wife and, and their son and, and, and uh, my, my son's mother-in-law and my grandson and my grandson were sitting in this restaurant and when he walked in the front door, we were at the other side of the restaurant but he could see us. And he comes running through the restaurant and gives Grammy a hug. Cool. But that's only half, half the job is over. You need to come over here. And sometimes I get a hug, sometimes I gotta, you know, I gotta buy it. And he's like, go get Grampy a hug. Uh. I said, you better come over here and give Grampy a hug. That's all I want is a hug. I got my hug. God, he, he, he can't pay, he can't earn anything. That's not the deal. God says he sees you. Say, I declare. Whisper it. Say, I declare. Say, I declare. Say, I declare. Come on. Late night radio voice. Say, I declare. That you look at me with loving eyes. You want to love me. You want to love me. You want to hold me. <laughs> you think I'm gorgeous. Say it. Say it. <laughs> say, it. say, I declare that your perspective on my life. Listen to what you're saying. Say, I declare that your perspective on my life is better than my perspective on my life. Oh, come on. Give the Lord a hand. Come on now. How many, how many, how many, how many of you want to have a better perspective on your life than what you have? Guess where you go? Right here. Tell me. Let me see what you see. I want to see what you see. Show me what you see. Show me. God. When, when, when my wife and I were dating, we went to visit my grandfather and my grandmother. My grandfather, he was the coolest guy I ever met. All my grandparents were from Jamaica, but he, he's the one who held his accent the, his whole life. The, the strongest, him, him, him and my, uh, one of my grandfathers I never met, but the, he, he was, just had this, he was just cool. And I remember him sitting on the couch with my, my girlfriend, with his arm around her. <laughs> my grandfather was smooth. <laughs> I'm going to show you a picture one day. When I do my testimony in September, I'll show you a picture. He had a, he had a nightclub. He had a band in Jamaica, his whole, whole nightclub thing. He had the big band, like Ricky Ricardo, if y'all can picture that big band. Suits. I mean, it, he was a school. And, and he was sitting there with my wife. And he had met another girlfriend before that, before I met my wife. And he was sitting there and he said, this is the one. It was unsolicited. I see it. 
God already knows. You don't have to figure it out. He already knows. Number three, the presence of God is expressed through the thoughts of hope in the mind of God. You need to know what God thinks about you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts I think towards you, God says. Thoughts of peace, not evil. I am never thinking evil on you. He is never thinking evil on you to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search me with your whole heart. The average, I'm doing a series uh, in August, which I am so excited about. I love science, so I'm studying the brain. And the series is going to be uh, called Mind Your Business. It's about how we think. And, I, and, it's, and, the, and the, more, the brain is so complicated. But anyway, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to spend too much time to it. But i got to drop this nugget on you because it's very relevant to what I'm getting ready to talk about right now. Your mind is separate than your thoughts. Your mind is separate than your brain. They work in concert, but here's what I mean. With your mind, you can actually step outside of yourself and evaluate your thoughts. No. <laughs> uh, say amen. If you just, did, I, did I lose y'all? Okay, so with your mind, you can step back and go, Miles, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? And your thoughts are actually responding. Then you can say, I don't want to think that thought. So your mind is separate. And so your mind is your, is your ability to actually evaluate yourself. And actually, your mind can actually get counsel from the world and agree with that nasty thought. Or your mind can get counsel from the mind of Christ. And understand what God is thinking about those thoughts. By those thoughts, those lead your actions. And by the way, your thoughts come from external information or external stimulus or memories that you already have. So when a memory comes up from your brain that's already in there that you accepted in the, few, in the past, something happened to you and you got a thought and you said, I believe that. And you stored it in your long-term memory. That becomes a thought. And when it comes up to, hey, guess what happened or guess what you need to think about, your mind has the ability to say, no. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, 80, 70 percent, 50, 60,000 thoughts a day, give or take, we all think. 70 percent or so are negative. 95 percent are repetitive from the day before. We waste a whole lot of time. We're not going to talk about today about how your thoughts shape your brain. That's a whole other thing. And how you can change matter with your thoughts. We'll get to that in, in August. You need to come and check it out. However, you need to know that God's thoughts towards you are only good. What about when I do something bad? He wants to forgive you. Yes. What about when I'm, when I'm mad at him? He loves you anyway. Yes. What about when I'm just constantly, constantly, constantly cursing God? Oh, he'll discipline you, but he's going to do it in love for the sake of restoring you to a right relationship. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's thinking. He says, I know the thoughts. So by the way, Isaiah 55 eight says, for my thoughts, this is God saying, are not your thoughts. God don't think like you. Do you know that often we judge people based on what we would do? In other words, if you're resentful towards somebody, jealous of somebody, you're doing that based on your perspective on how you would handle what they're going through. It's all through your filter. And you're projecting that on them. Think about it. How many of y'all have, and raise your hand, there's a celebrity on television that you have all this negative vibe towards and you've never met them. How about raise your hand? Let's try this. 
Now, if your hand's not raised, I hate to judge you, <laughs> but I simply don't believe you. Let's try it one more time. How many of you have some negative animus towards somebody that you've never met? Okay, even if you, they're in your school, your job, you never met them, you never talked to them, you may have heard one thing and you got all, oh, that's, that's in your heart. That's in your heart. You know what God says? My thoughts towards you are awesome. Look what it says, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, it says, My thoughts towards you are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What is God thinking towards you? Where are you going to find that out? Right here. Right here. Let's declare. Say, I declare that your thoughts towards me are precious. Say, I declare that your thoughts towards me are many. If you try, if I told you to write down all the good things about yourself, I think, this is my theory, I guess, that you would probably start writing real fast and get to about seven. And then you realize, man, okay, one more. You might not get to 20. You'll get to 7 or 10 really quick. That's just my theory. I haven't tested it. But you're not going to get to 100. You can't even think 100 good things about you. Okay, I walk straight. Okay, you can write that down. <laughs> I can smile. Okay, you can smile. <laughs> You know what the Bible says? God's thoughts towards you are endless. Why? Because he formed you in the womb and says you are marvelous. Everyone give me your hands like here. Give me your hands right here. Say, I am marvelous. <laughs> you are marvelous. Say, I declare it. Say, I declare it. Your thoughts towards me are higher than my thoughts. I declare that your thoughts towards me are constant and good. And never evil. Say constant and good and never evil. So why are you going around here looking for someone to tell you something good? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But why aren't you right here in the presence of God saying, God, I want to hear what you have to say about me. I want to know what you're thinking about me. I want to know how you're meditating on my life and my future and my past. Say, I declare that your thoughts towards me give me hope in the future. Being in God's presence is being in God's face. It's looking in his eyes and focusing on what he's saying through his word, through prayer, through actually telling him, Father, I'm in your face. Last one. The presence of God is his favor expressed. By the way, remember I'm saying the presence of God is God's favor. That's his blessing, his affirmation. Think about this. There is a God who only wants to bless you. By the way, we, we'll get to this in the series on the, on, the, on the mind, Mind Your Business. We're going to learn that your brain physically is only wired for positive. It is not wired for negative. That means when you think positive, your brain actually works better than it does when you think negatively. I'm just going to drop that on you. Why? Because God... All his promises towards you are yes. It doesn't mean he's going, hey, give me a Benz and five wives. Yes. Now I'm not saying that. Because that's not good for you. Five wives would kill you. You just need one. 
<laughs> so, so it's not like you can get what you want because you don't know what's good for you. And so he says, no, no, I wanna I'm only going to do what's going to bless you. Are you following what I'm saying? So Luke says, the favor of God, the blessings of God are expressed to the compassionate, listening ears of God. Do you know that day and night the devil is accusing you before God as a fraud, as a hypocrite? In the book of Job, the devil comes to God and says, Job only worships you because you blessed him financially. You take all his money, he will curse you to your face. And God said, Job will never curse me to my face. He said, let me take everything he has. And God said, you can take everything he has. And wiped out everything. And Job said, God gives, God takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will never blame him for wrong. Why did God and them have that conversation? You can ask God that. But I can tell you what, day and night the devil is accusing you. And by the way, if you sat down and wrote down hypothetical discussions that they would have, what could the devil possibly say about me? You probably could write a, a list longer than your positive attributes. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm a liar. I'm lustful. I'm greedy. I'm jealous. I'm envious. I'm arrogant. Can I get amen? I think I'm all that. Yeah, that, that, that amen was weak. <laughs> Say amen if I'm telling you the truth. Amen. amen. See how sinful you are? I get it. I know. I'm telling you. We, 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 can, we can write down a whole bunch of garbage. And you know what God would say? God says, you know what God says? I hear that from the devil all day long. The only thing I want to hear from you is that you're sorry. And we're good. But when you try to justify and you try to, you know, they did this to me, they did that to me, here's what I'm going to do. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but God, they did this, but I don't want to hear it. Why? Because God gave us, made us in his image and gave us the ability to humble ourselves before him and seek him and have a relationship with him. He's proven over and over again that he is a really, really, really good God. Think about this. This is probably, I don't need to go further than Genesis chapter 2 to know God is good. There was a guy named Adam, had no woman in his life. And he said, God, I'm kind of lonely. Can you hook a brother up? <laughs> God said, absolutely. Sit down. I'm going to bring you a mate. Brought him a gorilla. Oh. He said, I'm good, <laughs> kind of hairy. Said, brought him a giraffe. Said, nope, I ain't, I ain't feeling the giraffe. Brought him porcupine, kind of prickly. Nope. Brought him a dog. <laughs> nope. Said, none of that's good for you. Put him to sleep. Knocked him out. While he was asleep. Think about this for a minute. Fellas, think, think, think. You wake up. And there's a naked woman there. This is, I'm not joking. This is in the Bible. Genesis chapter 2. You need to read the Bible. God said, Adam, there you go. Adam, populate the earth. Really? Say amen if that's a good God. God says, what more do I, I need to do to prove to you? Now, some of y'all were looking for somebody and you didn't wait long enough for the woman. So you went after the dog. <laughs> Fellas, uh, ladies, same thing. You, you know, you went after the dog as well. Are uh, you following what I'm saying? And he's sitting somewhere. 
Say, I declare, I declare that God is good. Psalm 116.1 says, I love the Lord. Say, I love the Lord. Say, I love the Lord. Because he, <laughs> because he has heard my voice and my supplications. You get on your knees, you cry out to God, guess what God's going to do? He's going to listen. He's going to say, I'm listening. God, I'm sorry. I'm listening. Will you forgive me? Oh, I hear you. Yes. That's what he does. Let's declare. Say, I declare. That you are listening to me. Uh, listening to the evil. I, blah, blah, blah. I declare. I can't read it. That you are not listening to the evil said about me. I declare. That you are never deaf towards me. I declare. That you hear my prayers. I declare. That you listen to my cries. I declare. That you ignore the negativity of my critics. I declare that you are waiting for me to call to you. Then you can tell me great and mighty things that I do not know. How many of you want to hear a great and mighty thing you do not know? Oh, my goodness. Come on now. Right here, right here, right here. Come on now. Take a communion cup out. If you have a communion cup, if you do not have one, raise your hand wherever you are on any of the campuses. Raise your hand. The one thing that can separate you from the presence of God and the one thing that will keep you from his face is your sin, your unforgiven sin. Just raise your hand, ushers, we have someone in the middle over here. Jesus died on the cross that our sins will be forgiven and that we would have access to the presence of God. And if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart, God raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. When we take communion, what we are telling God is, God, we understand the gospel. We understand that you died for us and rose from the dead. And we have given our life to you. So before we take communion, you do not want to take communion unless you've asked Christ to be your savior. So we want to give you that opportunity to speak to a God who is listening to you, who loves you, who sees you, who knows you, who thinks about you, who has plans for you that give you a future and a hope. So as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you don't, get a, if you don't have a communion, just raise your hand and the ushers will get to you. With our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if you would like to ask Christ to be your savior, in the privacy of your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead. I believe the penalty of my sin is death. Please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be born all over again. 
Thank you, God. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up real high. I can see you and pray for you really high. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We see your hands all over the place. God bless you. God bless you. We see you. God bless you. We see you upstairs. God bless you. Lord, thank you for all those people. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give those people a hand clap. Jesus took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body that was broken for you. When we take this, we are acknowledging he was nailed to the cross, that we know that. And we take this acknowledging that he did it for us. Lord, thank you for your death. Thank you for allowing sinful man to crucify you, beat you, whip you, deny you, falsely accuse you. And we take this acknowledging your sacrifice that as you die for us, we may, must surrender for you. In Jesus' name, amen. All throughout the Old Testament, when the Jews wanted their sins forgiven, they had to shed the bl blood of an animal. And God was teaching us that without bloodshed, there is no forgiveness of sin. And then Jesus came and said, I am the lamb that will be slain one time because my blood is sinless. The blood of the animals was sinful. I will die and shed my blood for your sin one time. This is the blood of the new covenant. This represents that we are forgiven once and for all. That his bloodshed was sufficient to forgive all of us our sin. Lord, thank you so much for dying for us and shedding your blood for our sin. Now I'm going to ask all of you all, everybody in all the campuses, all the microsites watching online just to bow your heads and close your eyes. A minute ago, many of you prayed to ask Christ to be your Savior. You raised your hand. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you want someone with you to stand, just tap them on the shoulder, grab their hand, however you want to communicate to them and ask them to stand with you to encourage you. But there are some of you in here, you need to walk into the presence of God. You, you've been drifting around in your faith and you need to get in God's face. You need prayer, you need encouragement. You need to physically walk away from your old life. And as the sermon was progressing through worship, the announcements through the message, God was speaking to you. And he was saying, I need you, I need you to walk away from your old life. I need you to surrender to me. And you know he was speaking to you. He was saying things to you that I was not saying. It had nothing to do with what I was saying. But as clear as I'm talking to you now, you heard him speak in your heart. Well, when I asked the people who asked Christ to be their savior to stand up, I want you to stand with them. If you want someone to stand with you, just tap your friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, whoever you came with. Let them know you want them to stand with you to encourage you. You may want prayer for healing. You may want prayer for encouragement. You just need to say, Lord, I just need to, 
I need to make a commitment. I need to walk away. I've asked you to be my savior in the the past, but I have not been walking with you. Today, I need to make a public statement that I belong to you. So as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed and all the campuses, in a minute, I'm going to count to three. And if any of those reasons stay true to you, you want prayer, you ask Christ to be your savior, you want healing, whatever it is, you want encouragement, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three in all the campuses, and there'll be somebody there to pray for you. One, two, three. Stand.